0: Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314 391 4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. thank you that you're here for us that you're never going to forsake us and that no matter what comes our way you're by our side so we pray as we hear your word that, that it pierced our hearts
1: that it really hit, hit our souls and that it changes who we are as a result of it we love you Jesus it's in your name we pray
0: all right, so you guys can have a seat. Again, welcome. So glad you guys are here. Hey, uh, before we even begin the um, sermon, I just I just want to report on uh, two two things. One. Um, We are currently, we're working really hard to to look for a building, to find a building. Um, And so uh, I just invite you to join me in prayer for that. Um, We are looking at a place on Tuesday, and and believe me, we've looked at like probably 20 or 30 buildings on paper in the last month or so. And um, so anyway, I just invite you to pray uh, with us for that. Just join us in prayer for that. Um, the the reality is this that at redemption we like to say this that we're find a better way people, and and what that means is it kind of comes from the story um, of my life where there was this crazy storm that came in and it knocked down all these trees and we were without power when I lived in Virginia we were without power for eleven days and uh, not one of those days did it uh, d- did it drop below hundred degrees it was crazy and actually two of those days the actual temperature was like hundred and six we had record setting temperatures and. Uh, Uh, Anyway, it was an awful time in my life, Uh, 11 days without power in, like, you know, the desert, basically. Um, But uh, not that Virginia is a desert. It just became a desert, right? Uh, You're like, he doesn't know what a desert is, right? So anyway, um, so the the, the morning after the storm, we we, we went out to get uh, gas, water, and ice, right, which everybody was going into survival mode to grab those things. And we came across this fallen tree, and the, you know the tree was down, and so like we, we couldn't get to where we were going. So what did we do? Well, we turned around and we went home and we just called it a day. right? No, We didn't do that. We found a better way. like we found a different way, because what was on the other side of the obstacle was far more important than the status quo, right? And so whatever's on the other side of the obstacle, and right now it's getting to Sunday morning, it's far more important than the status quo. And so we need to get beyond where we are at Sunday nights <clears throat> and, uh, and, and find a solution that gets us to Sunday morning. And so we're working really hard on the building. Uh, but again, just, just join us in prayer for that, okay? So that's number one. Number two, uh, we just had a pickleball tournament yesterday. And, and here on the right are our winners. Let's go. In the kitchen, okay? Team, team in the kitchen. Uh, and it was an incredible uh, time. Let me tell you a story, actually. This is crazy. First of all, uh, this came about because Jaden Barr and Rachel Barr were like, uh, we should have a pickleball tournament. And I was like, yeah, we should. You guys want to run it? And they're like, yeah. So anyway, awesome. Like, they, they they totally ran with this thing. It was incredible. Uh, but they weren't the only ones yesterday, by the way. Uh, Tim and Kim Staggenborg came, and they volunteered with me, and it was great. And, and it, the three of us ran the whole thing, and it was an incredible tournament. Um, it went so well, I would, I would classify it as the greatest event that redemption has ever thrown, uh, truly, and I'm dead serious about that. We had about, uh, collectively, I would say just under 40 people there total, but the cool thing about it was this, that... um uh, about thirty of those people, maybe a little more, are were not redemption people. They didn't. They don't. They don't come to redemption. They've never heard of redemption. Ever been to redemption? But there are people that we invited, that you guys invited, and so it was incredible to have them there. Uh, this couple on the left here, they literally walked up uh, d- during the like you know during the the, the setup, and they said, um, "Hey, we play here every." Saturday, which by the way, we uh, had like a mob of senior citizens who were frustrated with us. Um, They were like, no, 9 a.m., like 50 of us play. They're like, we're on a list of 170 people and every Saturday, 50 of us come at least and we play. And they're like, you're telling us we can't play in these courts? And I'm like, (laughs) that's what I'm telling you you know like I'm like shaking you know yes that's what I'm I'm saying and uh, anyway um, so they were very upset and and we said well you could use those courts over there like well there aren't pickleball nets over there I'm like I don't know what to tell you like you know I'm so sorry but uh, it was really cool, and we had three uh, teams that walked up that, like you know, they weren't uh, scheduled to play with us. They walked up and they paid their twenty bucks and jumped in the tournament. Um, and it was such a hit. They were like, we we had people walking up and saying, hey, how can we get on the email list for when you throw this tournament again? And so what we're gonna do is is we're looking to throw one in the spring, and then we're looking to do one in the fall as well. And uh, and we actually are like you know, looking at like 100 to 150 people being in these uh, next tournaments. Um, and really cool thing, there were, uh, you know, three different kind of groups of people that were like, hey, we actually want to come to redemption. And so that was just another, you know, awesome opportunity to just kind of uh, recruit some more people and, and, uh, and, and get the word out about redemption. And then eventually, you know, the word of Jesus gets out through that, right? So pretty cool. Um, so give it up for Jaden, Rachel, Tim, and Kim. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, hey, um, this is our fifth week in this series, Battle Ready. And, uh, and, and last week, we kind of talked about being filled with the fullness of God. We talked about the zoe, or the complete life, that fills us, and this idea that there's, there's, there's no gap in the emptiness, right? We talked about this idea that, like, often without Christ, there's an emptiness in our life. There's a nothingness in our life, and we take all these things, and we try to shove them into the nothingness. We want to fill the void, but it doesn't actually fill the void, and, and what we need is we need a complete life, That Christ offers us this zoe, this fullness of God, complete life, and it fills all the cracks and crevices of the nothingness that is our life sometimes without him. We said that scripture uh, says this, that God wants to make his home in our hearts, not just rent a hotel room. Uh, the actual wording used in, in the scripture there is that it specifically says that God wants to make his, his home in your heart, but often what we do is we kind of rent out a, a hotel room for him. Hey, you can be here for 24 hours, just make sure you don't dirty the you know, towels too much and don't ask for room service, don't be a hindrance on my life, and I'll uh, you know, collect payment from you and I'll, I'll see you out in 24 hours and I'm not granting you a late checkout, right? You better get out soon. Uh, that's kind of how we treat Jesus sometimes. And so that's what we talked about last week. Again, uh, find that anywhere that you get podcasts. You can search Redemption STL, but if you haven't heard that, we encourage you to go back and listen to that. Well, today, uh, you know, what we wanna do is we wanna talk about this idea of being gifted, but before we get to there, you know, we are talking about these current battles in our life. Every week we talk about we, we we begin by kind of talking about some battles that we have in our life. The truth is that we all have battles in our life. Uh, maybe your battle right now is allergies. Anybody battling allergies right now? Dear Lord, like I I need a battle axe for my for my allergies. And and before you say like, well, Corey, do you take medicine? No, I don't. Okay, I always forget it. Um, and uh, I have FloNase and Zyrtec sitting right there just ready to pump pump and swallow and nothing you know I just can't anyway so I can't I can't get it okay I always forget so uh there's um you know maybe you're in this place where you're just like uh you're in like a um just a struggle of your life that you've never been in before I was talking to someone recently and a friend of mine and he's in this like mega custody battle for his kids and it's just tearing him apart and uh, you know, the, the truth is that we're all in these battles. Maybe you have a battle of fear, doubt, insecurity, sadness, right? An internal battle. But we're all going through battles. In today's sermon, we're going to talk about this idea of being gifted, that we're all gifted. And I, I want to speak to us about um, the unique giftings that God gives each and every one of us. The unique gifting that God has given you and that he's given us today. So it's, uh, today's sermon is titled, I Am Gifted. Now, often what happens here at Redemption is after the service... People will come up afterwards to me and they'll say, "Uh, Pastor, that was an awesome service. Oh, it was great, right? Hey, 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 Pastor. Hey, hey, Corey, great. Great service, like really, really enjoyed that service, and uh, and it's awesome that they say that to me, right? And I love that, and 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 we want to be an encouraging church, and we do a really good job at it. Like we're a really encouraging church. If you've been around for a hot second, you're gonna feel encouraged, I think, by each other, and uh, and it's really great. Okay, and actually, we're gonna talk about some encouragement later on from one another, but uh, but 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 here's the deal. Like when we look at the actual service, here are some of the roles that kind of play in. Right, first of all, we have an amazing staff, like incredible staff. So let's give it up for our staff. If you don't know the staff. Uh, Chris and, and Marissa and Graham, I mean, they're just all amazing. And uh, and so, you know, they're, they're great, okay? But then we have parking. We have New here, Start Here. We have greeters, set up and tear down, worship, slides, audio. Then within redemption kids way back there, right, that are hanging out with your chillins, right, just one-on-one over there. Uh, not one-on-one, there's like many adults. But anyway, uh, they're back there just like giving them some good, you know, attention. They got teachers and snack givers. I don't know what the snack givers are called. Um, servers, I don't know, waiters. No, I'm joking. Uh, but snack givers, they're amazing, okay? Uh, craft leaders, we have, uh, then outside of like, outside of Redemption Kids, we have community group leaders, and by the way, if you're not in a group, get in a group, don't wait, you know, just like come, we have them Wednesday night, uh, I think it's like 6.30 on Wednesdays, or maybe 6, and then uh, Thursdays at 6.30, I know that, uh, I'm in the Thursday group, and, uh, but they're both incredible, so so get into a group, if, if you're feeling like, hey, I could just really use some Good encouragement, some extra encouragement, some some camaraderie, you know. Uh, go ahead and get in a group, all right. Uh, but here's the thing. It takes a village of volunteers to make an impact. Like, I don't just make an impact. I don't just, I don't show up. And turn on all this stuff, and then do the slides and, and do the audio. The reality is, Chris is actually in Mexico today, and uh, and and one thing he forgot to help us out with was how to turn on this stuff back here. And so we're like texting him like, "Dude, I don't know what to do. I'm so sorry you're in Mexico, but like, what do we do?" And uh, and, and so the truth is, it takes a village of us, right? Like uh, sometimes it seems like a village of idiots, but 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 a village. And together, we, we figure it out, right? Together, we, we get it going, and this service is thriving uh, because of those things. In the church, we don't work alone. Great things happen uh, with great participation. And great participation happens when we're all in, when we all say, I'm in. Like, no matter what, I am in. And so uh, I love this quote by uh, someone. He's a Mormon guy. I don't agree with his religion, but I love his wisdom here. He says, uh, there is within each of us a divine spark of greatness. Who knows of what we are capable if we only try? Now, I think actually the Mormons have a little different view of what that divine spark is. But I believe this, though, that we are all image bearers. That we're all image bearers, that we bear the image of God inside of us. And if you are following God, Scripture calls you a child of God. And I don't know about you, uh, but as a child of James Ball, my father, I have this spark of greatness of who he is living inside of me, right? And the truth is that as as Christians, if you are a Christ follower, you have something called the Holy Spirit that is living inside of you. It's a divine spark of greatness. And so we each have this divine spark of greatness. And he says, uh, who knows of what we are capable if we only try. I love that. But I think that even though we have that divine spark of greatness inside of us, I think that the reality is that often uh, we get this like, un, you know, we, we, we unfairly judge ourselves. And I think we unfairly uh, get judged by others. Um, I think the truth is that we, we, we try so hard to be perfect. We try so hard to, to have it all together and to be good. Um, but but we, we get judged. Have you ever felt like a lineman in a world of quarterbacks? Right? Have you ever felt like a, a water boy in a dugout full of Albert right? Um By the way, I, uh, this is a little crass and I'm going to say it because it's funny. I was talking to a friend, and, and uh, you're like, crass, yeah, pastor, yes, I'm listening. Uh, and uh, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to a friend and her husband, and uh, she lives in Texas. She doesn't know anything about baseball, and and she goes, uh, she's like, wait a minute, you're like star player. His name is Albert Poo holes and I'm like, what? And she goes, sound it out with me, buddy. Pooh holes and I'm like yes and I'm like it is and uh, so anyway we had a good laugh together and uh, from someone who doesn't love baseball her uh, it was it was interesting but um, so have you ever felt like you are uh, out of your element that you're you know you're kind of in a group of somebody and you're being unfairly judged. Well, uh, Albert Einstein, it's, it's attributed to him. He probably didn't say it, actually, to be honest with you. I've read some articles. He probably didn't say it. But it sounds good, so we're just going to keep it up there uh, as Albert Einstein. But here's the quote that is that floats around the world uh, as if attributed to him. Everybody is a genius. I don't know about that. But uh, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. You ever felt like a fish climbing a tree? And you're like, no, 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 I, like, I'm a squirrel, right? I'm a squirrel. I'm not a fish. But, uh, but all of a sudden, you're judged in a different category. You're, you feel like you're in a different category. I think we all kind of feel that way. I, I love this, that, that we're not all Albert Pujols. We're not all a squirrel. We're not all a quarterback, right? Sometimes we're just a fish, and we need to be in water, not on a tree. My point is this, that we're all unique. That God has gifted you uniquely. We're not all the same. You're not the same as me. I'm not the same as you. We're different, and that's incredible, but it takes a team. So collectively, uh, to do great things, right, it takes a team. And so for football, for example, let's look at this, okay? Uh, This guy right here, uh, uh, David, all right, he is a lineman, okay? He's a lineman, right? Uh, And uh, what does he do? Well, he blocks, okay? That's all he does, right? He blocks, okay, or he tackles, okay? That's all he does, right? Uh, All right, Uh, this dude here, Cooper, right, old Cooper Cup. Wide receiver, what does he do? He catches the ball. That's all he does, right? He doesn't block. He's not. His goal isn't to block. His goal isn't to throw the ball. He's not a kicker, okay? Uh, here, Micah, he's a linebacker, right? His, his only thing, he's the best linebacker in the league right now, right? His only thing is to tackle, right? That's what he's supposed to do. Uh, intercept the ball or tackle or quarterback, Tom Brady, uh, old Tom, right? Uh, TB12, okay? His only goal is to throw touchdowns. That's it. See, they each have their own unique abilities and their own unique places. But there's 22 men on a football field, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, but they're all unique. And here's the thing. If we are at a place where we understand our uniqueness, our unique placement, your unique placement, why you are here, everything changes. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Who am I and why did God put me on this earth? Who am I and why did God put me on this earth. This isn't in the notes or on the slides, but uh, I believe it was Mark Twain. He said that there are two uh, very important days or the two most important days in a man's life are the day that he's born and, the, and, and second, the day that he realizes why. that He finds out why. So why are you here? And, and why did God put you on this earth? Who are you? And why did God put you on this earth? Well, uh, I think today what we're going to talk about here for the remainder of our time is calling. What is your calling? And we get this so mixed up because in the church, we often say this. We say that pastors are called, that this pastor has a calling to be a pastor. And we can debate that. I think that in some ways, yes, sometimes no. No. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think that all pastors, like the stars aligned and, uh, you know, like the leaves fell in a specific, you know, place that it looked like SpaghettiOs in the fall, right, and the leaves. And it said, you should be a pastor, right? And then, like, they run away from that. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, there's fireworks in the sky. And it says, like, did you get my last message? You know, like, like that, it's not like that, Okay. Um, But the truth is that we all have a calling. We all, like whatever your calling is, you have a calling. And some of you are living in your calling. I think some of you probably aren't. And when we figure out our calling, when we figure out why we are here on this earth, then we have a burning yes. And with your burning yes, you get to say no to a lot of things. And that's so powerful for you to say, no, no, this is who I am. This is who God's called me to be. And so I get to say no to these other things. So let's go to see what Paul has to say about this. Let's dig into our individual callings and see what Paul has to say about this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 is where we're going to be today uh, starting. And it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. This was a verse, by the way, that when I was a senior in high school, um, it was just really drilled into me that live a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. And, and, and so what, it, what that looks like is, number one, your integrity. Like, be a man or woman of integrity. Be someone who uh, other people look to and they go, you know what, like, like he or she, they have integrity. Be a man or woman of integrity. But, but, but the second thing, uh, it's not just moralism, Right. Uh, but if, if, if we're going to lead a life worthy of our calling, then, then we need to be connected to Jesus. And how are you connected to Jesus? Uh, maybe, maybe sometimes you can list off the ways that you're more disconnected from Jesus. So the question is, how are we connected to Jesus, right? So we have to be connected to Jesus. And and then more than that, I think uh, once we're, you know, a a man or a woman of integrity, and once we're really connected to Jesus and there's a relationship there, in that relationship we will find out what our actual calling is. God, how how did you uniquely gift me? To change the world, how did you uniquely gift me to do great things? And so uh, we're going to find out what that is. Um, but we want to live a life worthy of our worthy of our calling. Verse two: Always be humble and gentle. Love it. Be patient with each other. Yes, making allowances for each other's faults—that's grace, right? Why? Because of your love. Because you love each other. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with. For there is one body and one spirit. He's talking about the church there. okay. There's one body, that's the church. There's one body and there's one spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. Um, Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. What is that hope? The hope is that one day we will be with God the Father for eternity, right? That there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and forever we will be in heaven uh, with our brothers and sisters, our family of God and God the Father. I'm so excited about that. Um, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. So live a life worthy of our calling, worthy of our office, worthy of our title. We get this, right? Uh, I think often what we do is, is we see politicians, um, and uh, you know we we see them not are living in a way that is not becoming of his or her office, right? And we go ugh, right? The cringe turns up. We got the cringe factor turn up, or we hear of a pastor who had an affair, um, and you know in my line of work I hear of that, and uh, it's a heartbreaker, right? Um, this is like hearing of an accountant of a nonprofit who embezzles money, and, uh, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Like, that's, that's living a life unworthy of the calling. It, it's living a life that's not worthy of the calling. Basically, what, what, what Paul is saying here is don't be a hypocrite, right? Don't be a hypocrite. Uh, but, but, but then he's, he's calling us to live as one and through all these, all these oneness, all these things, right? Verse 7 says, However, uh, he, God, has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. This special gift, okay, this special gift is this, uh, other places in Scripture, it, it, it calls them our, our, our uh, uh, spiritual gifts, okay? The gifts of spirit, the Spirit, the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us and indwells in us. And each of us have a spiritual gift, and actually you have more than one. And so as we go through today, as we read about these, um, here's the outline that we want to talk about, three things. We want to know it, we want to grow it. We want to show it. Know it, grow it, show it. Okay? You have uh, spiritual gifts in your life. You want to know them. You want to grow them. You want to show them. Uh, they, They shouldn't be kept to yourself. Okay? So what is a spiritual gift? Well, a spiritual gift, uh, sounds kind of funny, right? But it's this. It's a supernatural ability or talent that God gives to every believer. You have one. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you're living for Jesus, then you have a spiritual gift. And this isn't a talent. It's very different than a talent, okay? Like, how do you know what it is? Well, it lives at the intersection of your success and your satisfaction. So if you're looking for spiritual gifts, God, what is what are my spiritual gifts? Well they it lives at the intersection of your success and your satisfaction, and so uh, that's what a spiritual gift is, and, and here's the deal, it's not a talent, it's not golf, right, it's not just golf, okay, so you're like, man, like, success, I'm real good at golf, right, satisfaction, love golf, it must be golf, no, 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 it's not golf, okay, so I, I'm going to give you, like, I'm going to give you a list of, of spiritual gifts, and we're just going to kind of walk through each of them, um, and, uh, and and then be thinking about this, like, maybe this is who I am, maybe this is me, But again, it lives at the intersection of uh, your success and your satisfaction. So here at the top of the list, by the way, these are just alphabetical. Um, So you have apostleship, okay? Apostleship is kind of like spiritual authority. Uh, You have craftsmanship. Uh, This is crazy, but maybe you've taken spiritual gifts assessments before and craftsmanship has not been on the list, that's probably not the best test for you. Um, And the reason I say that is because the very first time that the Holy Spirit ever filled somebody to do something for God, it was to build the tabernacle. And so God literally filled them with the Holy Spirit, gave them the spiritual gift of craftsmanship. And uh, I think there are a lot of people in this world who are incredible craftsmen. They do incredible work, uh, but sometimes that gift isn't valued by the church, and so they feel like a fish climbing a tree, right? They don't feel like a squirrel. They feel like a fish climbing a tree. All right, uh, discernment, all right? Uh, Evangelism. Uh, You guys know what these, these, well, evangelism sharing the gospel. Exhortation, basically that's just uh, encouragement uh, of, of other things. Faith. Um, having the faith to believe and, and see the unseen and see what's in the future. Um, giving, and by the way, giving isn't rich, okay? So, like, I think we, we get this really, really screwed up. I think, um, you know, when, when we see this, we're like, well, if you have the spiritual gift of giving, then you have to have millions of dollars. No, you don't. Uh, some of the people that I know that have the spiritual gift of giving, um, anything that they have, they want to they just bless other people with. And often, the people that I know that actually have the spiritual gift of giving, they don't have millions of dollars, um, you know, sometimes they're college students, and they have they have twenty bucks, and they're going to sacrifice that for somebody else. Sometimes it's. Um you know, it's people who are facing medical bills, and with their, with their leftover money, they want to give it away. And so it really is, uh, it's, not, it's not being wealthy or rich. It's different. Healing, uh, okay, so if you have that, uh, there's other people who, who uh, need healed. All right, so let's go pray for them. Love it. Uh, the, the scriptures call us to, to pray for other people. If you have the gift of healing, let's pray. For that, helps. Uh, it's basically service. Hospitality. Um, intercession. That's praying for other people. Words of knowledge. Um And uh, leadership, mercy, miracles, uh, pastor or shepherd, prophecy. Prophecy, by the way, is not telling of the future, uh, but it's sharing the truth of, of Christ or the truth of God boldly, whatever it is, sharing it with boldness. Um, and so sometimes there, there is a telling of what the future is, but it's not always that in scripture. Sometimes it's, uh, if you think of prophecy, think of like the moment where, if you know the story, if not, go ahead and read it. But it's, it's, the, it's the moment that David has the affair with Bathsheba. And Nathan goes to David and he's like, dude, what are you doing? And he's speaking the word of God to a king. And the whole time he's risking his life. He could be killed, but he still has that gift of prophecy and he does it boldly. Service, uh, teaching, teaching. Tongues or interpretation in words of wisdom. So here's just a whole list of things. And what I encourage you to do first is is, is go take a test. That's great, okay? You can find them all over the internet, right? Uh, So go take a test. Um, But also, like, in community, ask people around you, hey, hey, what are my spiritual gifts? Uh, What are the things that stick out to to you when when you think of me? I actually asked some people this past week. I asked five different people, a mix of men and women in the church. I said, what do you think are my spiritual gifts? And uh, this is what they listed out. Uh, leadership, evangelism, uh, exhortation, giving, faith, shepherding, service, apostleship, discernment, and teaching. So out of all five of them, I asked them each to give me two or three. Out of all five of them, that's what they listed, okay? Uh, That's what they listed off. And and the ones that were the top were leadership and evangelism. But let me tell you what I really have. Uh, My highest are this. Number one is faith. Um, This was out of 30 points on this test. My number one was faith. Uh, my second two there, uh, tied, is craftsmanship and apostleship. My third then is a prophecy in pastoring or shepherding. But you don't see leadership on there. You don't see teaching on there. You don't see intercession on there. I was having a conversation with Casey this past week talking about how pastors often you know, get judged by saying, like, we need you to be really good at prayer. and We need you to be really good at shepherding. We need you to be really good at leadership. We need you to be really good at teaching. We need you to be an apostle. We need you to be, you know, all these things. And uh, and the truth is that sometimes we're just not all of those things. So let me show you what my lowest is my lowest uh, music is eight, intercession or prayer is nine and discernment is 11. And so it's interesting, right? It's interesting uh, what your lowest could be and what your highest could be. So I encourage you to take take a test but also just ask people around you and find out uh, what they see in you okay? So, uh, number one, we have to know it. You have to know what you have. You have to know what God has given you. You have to know the gifts that he's given you. If, if somebody gave you a gift, if your birthday's coming up, and, and they're like, hey, just so you know, I gave you some gifts. And you're like, yes. And they're like, it's over there, right? All you have to do is go open them. You wouldn't, like, go live your life and, and then not go check out the gifts. The first thing you're going to do, it doesn't matter if you're in your 40s, is you're going to go open the gifts because you're so excited. But I think some of us, what happens is God has given you spiritual gifts and you're like, "Ah, that's cool. I'll just keep them in the trunk, right? Like it's okay that they're not open. It's okay that they're back here. It's okay that I don't know them. So no, no, you need to know them. The second thing is you need to grow in your gifts, right? So know your gifts, grow in your gifts, 2 Timothy 1.6 says this. Paul he says to Timothy, he says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Uh, does anybody know uh, what, what this thing is right here? Let me take it out of his case. This is an awesome tool. It's a It's a fire pipe. Or a bellow, a fire bellow. Now, what I love about this is uh, it makes like the best like pea shooter, right? Uh, You can spit like the best spitballs with this thing. No, no, what it really is is um, a fire uh, takes oxygen, right, to go. And the cool thing about these things is, you know, back in the day, like, you could do this, right? Right, up, up close to the fire. And you're like, and then you have to get, you know, reconstructive lip surgery, right? And you're like pumping those things full of Botox to get it back, right? And you're like, I don't know what's going on, but my lips got burnt off. All right, so then instead of you losing your lips to the fire, to the flame, you get to use a fire pipe or a fire bellow. And the way that this works is, is you put the big end in your mouth, right? You put the small end in the fire. You just blow it, right? And the cool thing about this is that it's intentional and it's focused. It focuses all the oxygen that you need to get the fire going in one specific place. And often what happens is uh, we don't live a life that's intentional, we don't live a life that is focused. Instead, instead of us doing this, right? Right up next to the fire, we're like this. <laughs> we're like i don't know why the fire's not i don't know why it's not going like why is it not taking off it's like well because you're 10 feet away from it and you're just blowing into the nothingness some of you need intentionality in your life like you are living haplessly you you, you're just like frolicking and like and, and here's the thing you're like no uh you know there there's there's this crisis then there's this crisis and we're living life from one crisis to the next crisis that's not intentional, okay? Um, some of us need to stop, take inventory of our life, and go, how am I living intention- intentionally? How am I living with intentionality? Um, and, and often we're not. And so step back, take, take some, some, some looks at your life and your spiritual life. You know, um, Steph Curry, he uh, every single day in the off-season, he makes 500 three-pointers. 500. And I didn't say he takes. (laughs) I said that he makes 500 three-pointers. He's extremely focused on that. That's why he's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Uh, The closest to him is 144 shots behind him, and they're not going to catch him, okay? He's still playing. He's still destroying the court. Um, And have you ever heard this phrase? If you do, uh, or sorry, if you want what nobody else has, you have to do what nobody else has. Is willing to do, and I think if if we're looking around at other people in the church, and we're like, man, like I just love how there's such you know good leaders. They're great leaders, or, or that person like they're you know so good at teaching, or that person like they're so good at prayer. They're like praying for everybody. That person like they're so good at serving and helping. Uh, whatever it is, whatever that gift is that you might have and they might have, what's the difference between your gift that sometimes might look anemic and weak and theirs that's bold and strong? Often what it is is that they've focused on it. There's been intentionality in for the, the last 10, 15, 20 years of their life. They've honed it. They've honed it in. And so once we, once we grow in that because of intentionality, because we're, 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 we're taking you know, our tools and we're putting it specifically where we need to grow, we need to show it. Ephesians 4.16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow uh, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so we, we need to be doing our own special work. Whatever God has, has, has uh, given you, you, you need to use it for its own special work, but it's together and you have to show it. You don't just, you know, like open a gift at a, at a gathering and you just kind of turn around and walk away. You walk over to the closet and everybody's like, what is he doing? You take the gift, you open the closet. You guys didn't even know the closet was over here before. And then you like, you put it back in there, right? And you shut it and you're like, okay, Whew, that was close some people almost saw my gift, <laughs> right? No, no. You're like, yeah, like, man, thank you so much. You got me this gift. I can't wait to use it. I can't wait to wear it. I can't wait to show it off. And so what is it that God has gifted you with? You have to show it. Um, I, uh, a friend of mine years ago, I was talking to him. He's a, he was a pastor, and, and uh, I went and hung out with him one time uh, before he was preaching out of state in South Carolina, and, and And I was looking at his shoes. I was like, bro, those are some dope Jordans. And He's like, yeah, man. He goes, here's the deal. He's like, I don't want to get on preachers with sneakers, right? Uh, So he's like, I don't really wear them. If you don't know what that account is, look it up. It's hilarious. Uh, Actually, it's not hilarious. It's like pastors who like have like $2,000 belts and whatever. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, how did you, anyway. Um, so I think there's drugs involved. No, I'm joking. There's not drugs involved. They're, uh, <laughs> they're not making drug money. It's just, they just, you know, whatever. But um, they, they write books and stuff and buy really expensive things. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm getting emails for this. All right, so my buddy, my buddy was like, he, he was, I said, man, those Jordans are fire. And he goes, yeah. He's like, I didn't buy them for myself. He's like, somebody at the church just bought them for me. And, uh, and I was like, dude, how much are they? And he's like, bro, they're like, they're like $800 Jordans. And uh, I was like, yeah, they're awesome. And he goes, he goes, you know, I've had them for two years. And he said, in those two years, I've worn them twice. And he goes, a couple months ago, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to wear these Jordans. Like, why would I have a gift that somebody gave me, and I'm not going to show it off? Like, he's like, I didn't buy them. He's like, they, they gave them. I'm going to wear them. So he started wearing them. He goes, he goes my gift, as we said, he goes, he goes, I hate that my gift was in the closet collecting dust. And so I don't know what your gift is, but I, I don't want it to be in the closet collecting dust. Uh, by the way, my birthday is November 3rd, and I'm size 10. Uh, <laughs> um, but, 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 but I think often what happens is we have gifts, and we don't show them. And, and so so we need to use them. We need to take them out of the closet. Listen to this. This past week, I, I, just, I just wanted to ask you guys. I want to ask you, hey, who who has made an impact on you in this church? Who's made an impact on you? And, and so I, I texted a couple people, and I said, hey, tell me, um, tell me the person, uh, the first you know person or two that made an impact on you. Uh, what were their names? And uh, I just got like a cascade of texts. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read. Uh, some of these names, and um, and yeah, just listen in. So someone said Megan Deal. Uh, they're not here today. They're camping. It's beautiful weather for camping. Um, they they could have used this, right? Um, but they're camping. So Megan Deal, she is uh, supporting me while I'm going through a journey, and I uh, love that. Uh, Todd and Diane Nixon, they're out of town this week, uh, so they're, so they're going to have to listen to this on on a podcast, but uh, someone said Diane Nixon. Several people said Diane Nixon, and then uh, a couple people said Todd and Diane uh, one person said, "I remember uh, the Nixon's testimony video. If you haven't seen that, let me know. I'd love to show it to you, and we might use it again sometime in service." Uh, another couple said that uh, the Nixon's became our St. Louis family right away. It felt great to know them and to be known. Uh, Cindy Bowdenshots uh, specifically was listed out. Uh, this person said that she goes out of her way to talk to me each week, and uh, so Cindy's not here today, but she's going to hear that. Craig and Cindy together, uh, they, they were super intentional about connecting with us and asking about our life. Brandon McLaughlin, uh, he is, this person said, uh, he introduces me to new people each week. Good job, Brandon. Uh, Connor and Jenna Stevens on here. Uh, the blind double date that you set us up with, uh, with Connor and Jenna Stevens. This, this, this couple remembers that. So, Connor and Jenna, you know who that is. Uh, Jaden and Rachel, um, they, here's uh, the uh, Here's the thing. Um, they were mentioned like two or three times. And, and what I love about this is uh, the reality is, uh, how, long you, how long have you been coming to, to redemption? You guys remember? Eight months, okay, eight months. They're were to the church, eh, relatively, right? And, uh, but they're mentioned several times. The reality is this, it doesn't take years to make a difference at a church. Like you can make a difference in just a week or two if you're intentional, if you focus. Uh, David and Kathy Erickson were listed on here. Uh, this person says now now they're good friends with Kathy, and, and uh, David and Kathy are incredible uh, small group leaders for us. Uh, Tim and Kim Stagenborg were li- listed several times, just people who just keep their nose to the grind and just, just volunteer. It's incredible. Uh, Jennifer and David uh, Mersinger, um, uh, they, they take great care of our kids, uh, somebody said, which is Awesome. Said they they volunteer back in kids, and I just know they take great care of our kids. Meredith uh, was listed. We love seeing Meredith each week. Uh, Impact team members, generally, people kept saying, like, I'm impressed with the greeting team outside. I'm impressed with the hospitality. Redemption kids, uh, they they have our kids begging to be back each week, is what this family said, which was awesome. Uh, Somebody, uh, well, several people actually said, everyone, Everyone, who, who specifically, I asked who specifically has, has uh, made it, everyone, right? Someone said everyone in our community group made us feel comfortable, welcomed, and a part of this group immediately. I remember connecting with uh, other people, especially with Connor and Jenna, Tim and Kim and Todd and Diane. Here's the thing, I, I think the temptation for us, if we didn't hear our name on there, i think the, the the temptation is like wait but why why, why not why, why am i not on the list uh, not everybody is going to be named on this list you know like um but 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 i, I and, and the truth is that if i asked another four or five people you'd be listed for sure for sure you would i i wouldn't take if you weren't listed on the list i wouldn't take it as like ugh, why not me but instead how can i be listed on that list in the future in, in, in two months from now, how could I, when somebody thinks of their, like, I mean, we have from the pickleball tournament, like I said, three teams. We're like, hey, we're coming next week. We have nine people. First time guests coming next week. How can you be here present and intentionally connect with them and make their day brighter? How can you how can you invite them out to dinner? How can you send them a text? Say, hey, I'm praying for you. I hope hope your week is, is better than it was this past week. I remember what you said. You were just struggling. Hope you're better, right? Like how can you really invest in connect with those people? And what I'm trying to say is no excuses, just make a difference. Uh, I love this, uh, because one time I was talking to uh, Connor Stevens. Connor's quiet. He, didn't, he Right now, he's like, don't talk about me from stage, okay? And uh, and Connor's quiet. And I said to him, I said, hey, did you meet the Younces at Community Group? He goes, yeah. He's like, uh, it was great. Jenna talked to Jess, and uh, Jim and I just stood, stood together in silence. It was awesome, you know? And I'm like, what is going on? And... Uh, you know, I, I think I think the, the temptation is to believe that if, if I if I'm going to be listed on this list, I have to be something I'm not. No, you don't. Just be you, Connor. He loved standing in silence next to Jim Younts. Right? He probably likes you know those two guys like Wheaties without frosting too. You know, it's but but they enjoy just being together. Right? Just being there next to each other, just connecting. Jim was being Jim. He wasn't being anything special. He wasn't trying to be Jessica. He wasn't trying to be Corey. And he made an impact on Connor. And so be who you are. Um, And and I think uh, as I wrap up, I think some of us can feel insignificant. Um, You guys ever have personality envy? Sometimes when it comes to spiritual gifts, we have gift envy. We're like, man, I I wish I had that gift. But, 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 you know, this is what Paul says about the insignificant gifts, quote, unquote. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 22 and 27, I'm gonna read here. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So we're better together. And if we're gonna be battle ready, we have to go into battle together. Soldiers are not effective by themselves. They're effective with their platoon. And so if we're going to be battle ready, as we're talking through the book of Ephesians, if we're going to take on the battles of this world, we have to do it with our unique giftings together. Um, The truth is this. We can only win together. And we will win together only... If we go to battle together, we are better together. Listen, if you had questions today, if you've listened in on this, and you're like, "Hey, I want to know what I'm good at, and I want to know what my unique gifting is. Um, I I, want to work for a purpose that's bigger than myself." I think of millennials; uh, they were, you know, really the first generation that uh, would take a pay cut if they believed that what they were doing in their work was better, or if it was, was, if it was, uh, you know, work with a purpose. And uh, before them, people were like, no, money is top dollar, right? And millennials were like, nope, uh, I want to do something I believe in. Listen, if you want to be an integral part, a unique part of a church to see other people meet, know, and live for Jesus, if you want to be a unique part in that, but you don't quite know uh, what that part is, let me know. Let's talk. Let's grab coffee and chat about that, all right? Father, uh, I thank you so much for everybody in this room and all the giftings that you've given us. We're all unique. And, uh, and the most, uh, seemingly the weakest parts of us are actually the most necessary. And so God, I pray that we would see that. I, I pray that we would honor those parts. Um, and God, I pray that, uh, that, that, that we wouldn't um, elevate one gift over another, but instead, Lord, I pray that we would realize that, uh, that the soup just tastes much better when we're all in the pot together. Uh, that if it's if it's just the potatoes, we're just looking at mashed potatoes. But man, uh, we need all all the different, unique bits and pieces to make something delicious. And so, Lord, we want to be uh, we want to be a group, a church that is working together uniquely. Each of us uh, bringing our, our unique giftings to the table to see you do something beautiful with them. And so, God, I pray that you would do something beautiful with this church. And I pray that uh, people would come uh, to, to faith because of that and that we would see people meet, know, and live for you. And it's all these things that we ask in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Uh, as you walked in uh, today, uh, hopefully you got a communion kit. And if you did not, Mr. Allsop's in the back, and he's got uh, some that he can hand to you. And so just go ahead and raise your hand, and, uh, and he will get them to you. so, as we uh, as we go to uh, as we go to communion, I just I, w- I want you to be thinking, God, what is my unique part? Um, at the end of At the end of communion, every week we 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 say and we read this part from Paul. Paul says that as often as you eat this bread and you drink this wine, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Like we are called to proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. I was talking um, in our community group this uh, two weeks ago. Kathy Erickson, she she just said something really brilliant. She was like, you know, I, she goes, you know, Corey, he calls us to tell others about Jesus all the time, and she goes, I feel bad uh, because um, I work at a Christian school, and so you know, and a lot of our friends are Christian. And it's hard because we're not always like around people that aren't aren't believers, and so I don't know how to do it, you know, in a way that uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I said, listen, God has uniquely placed you. Uh, in, in a season of your life to use your gifts and, and to be a unique presence at that Christian school. And so support the headmaster and support the teachers and love on those students who are hurting and broken in their own unique ways. I don't know what it is in your life, uh, but we proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. That's what we do. That's what Christians are. That's, that's who we are. Okay? And so uh, what is your unique place? I want you to think about that and dwell on that as we go to communion. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may take the bread. And likewise, on the same night, he took the wine and he poured it out to his disciples. And he said, this is the blood of my covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you uh, eat this bread, drink this wine, in remembrance of me, you may take the wine. And again, as often as we eat the bread and we drink the wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he returns church every week we get to say this we get to say a church that lingers lasts and uh and so uh today what we're going to do is we're going to extend our opportunity to linger um out in the lobby we have some soup and and uh and some goodies um that are are um, just just uh, put together by Joyce and, and Joyce Joyce connect with me I'm going to I'm going to read something here actually is it okay if I read it Joyce is that all right yeah okay she give me the nod Yes, sir. Come on. Uh, so um, let me see here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, she connected with me and she goes, hey, uh, I would love to just make a meal for our church family uh, and just to thank them. As you know, Joyce has just gone just gone through the gauntlet uh, in this past year. And, uh, you know, it's been really hard. The whole family, uh, Chandler and Bryce, they've just really gone through it. And uh, and so what we want to do is, uh, you know, we we want to always lift up the people that are in our church, that are um, that are just going through hard hard stuff, and um, and so um, so we came around her as best we could, and we loved her, and we were there for for uh, that family, and so she said, I just want to thank the church for everything they've done for me, and I want to make a meal for them as a thank you. So I'm going to read uh, what, what what she wrote. Uh, and, uh, and this is for Redemption church she says um, our redemption pastor, family and friends uh, I can't minimize any one blessing from a single person family or group to the uh, char- or, or group to the entire church body. so this is addressed to all of us your prayers uh, that reach the ears and heart of God and open the windows of heaven's blessings that are still trickling down over our family. our gratitude to those that wanted to give and those that gave any and all amounts. And to share our enormous burden. Your sacrifice without judgment or hesitation, how you all rushed in when so many would have rushed out. It shows God's spirit in each and every one of your hearts. Forgive me if I haven't personally addressed uh, each of you individually. The overwhelming and delicate circumstances leave our family still hidden in the shadows of the Almighty God. Nevertheless, starting with the prayer vigil led by our Pastor Corey, and still to this day, we are blessed by your love and sacrifice for our family. Without your generosity our family my children especially would not have been able to properly mourn their dad or seek comfort with professional guidance this love can only come from the body of Christ uh, believers and followers believers who dare to trust and take God at the holy word or at his holy word in amazing grace a grace that surpasses all and anything that we can ever face in this world what a god we serve amen it's a blessing to serve and worship alongside believers that are willing to step out on our faith and share one another's burdens and the dark and messy places of life. To God be all the glory. You are all forever in our prayers. Love, Joyce Chandler, Bryce Simpson. So we say this all the time, Galatians 6.2, uh, bear one another's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. And so that's what we want to do uh, continually. Well, uh, enjoy a meal together. Uh, save me some lobster bisque soup, okay? Don't take all that. Uh, uh, bless your boy with that, and uh, and and then I'll see you guys out there. But uh, church that lingers last, go enjoy some food together.